Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin's all sports leader, the Horn. One hour down, four to go. It's Ian Rod B. And as we say, it's time to rise and grind. School year back underway all over Central Texas. I think all the teachers and administrators are back today. But uh, AISD, Rod, as we mentioned, Austin Independent School District is back today. Shout out to all the teachers out there and the kiddos. And the kiddos. And that means slow down in the school zones. You should do that anyhow. But certainly it's... uh, (laughs) It's back to school time around Central Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I had the list here. So uh, AISD, Maynard, and Fredericksburg today, Rod, with kids back. Pflugerville, Round Rock, San Marcos, Dripping Springs tomorrow. And then on Wednesday, it'll be Lake Travis, Eanes, Elgin, Leander, Liberty Hill, and Wimberley. It's about that time. Yeah, man. That means football's on the horizon, too, though. Oh, they've been practicing in the heat. Oh, I feel bad for them. Yeah, because everybody ain't have everybody don't have indoor facilities in high school. Though. Well, I was. You got to get out there. I think they do in the mornings now, don't they? Though to try I to avoid so. the heat. Don't some of them go in the mornings? Well, on Friday afternoon, Rod, I, I ran into uh, to a family. Um, in I was at Taste on Main in downtown Butte. I was meeting one of our salespeople okay. to check in on some things. You know, Natalie. Oh to yeah. Find out what she, she had had some meetings, and I was getting an update. And sitting right next to her and her group were a family, and their son was playing a. Varsity scrimmage that night for, for uh, Buda Johnson High School. And they mm. said to say hello to you and to me nice. and uh, to Ty. And they listen Shout every out. morning on the app. And uh, he's a cornerback, too. Hey, DBs, baby. DBs. Respect. Their son's a DB. Respect, man. man. Yeah, on so that they, island. I said, y'all, it's going to be hot. And he, because Buda Johnson's got black jerseys. They were wearing their <laughs> I'm like, man, you guys are brave. Uh, good luck with that. So, yeah, mm. school year's back. Football season is here. We're 19 days to the start of the Longhorns, and shorter than that to those first high school games and the scrimmages begin. By the way, they told me that uh, the second scrimmage that Buda Johnson's going to have is against that Lake Belton team that has Micah Hudson, the five-star receiver. Oh, the receiver, yeah. So he's I think got some good to, players. He can get to go up yeah. against him. Hey, hey, you know what? Hey, maybe your turn your turn to shine. That's your time. To, yeah, all the scouts might get be it. there to watch him. That's right. And they see you and go, man, who's that guy? He's pretty damn good. Well, we learned that from our buddy, that Jerry, before. our buddy Jerry Hamilton from Inside Texas, who told the story last week when he joined us to talk about Colin Simmons' commitment. Mm-hmm. That everybody was at your high school to see a kid named Jerome Sapp. That's my dog. Went to Notre Dame. Went good to Notre player. Dame. He was a uh, great player, actually. Great player great for player. the city of Houston and mm-hmm. Houston Lamar. Uh, DB High. Yep. Everybody and, came to see. And then they saw you and said, damn, who's that fast guy? That was pretty damn good. In the same <laughs> second there. Showed out. Well, all you guys, all you players, youngsters, uh, show out, ball out, get after it, and get back to school. Rise and grind. It's time to get after it. Uh, all right, Rod, let's uh, let's keep the conversation going. We're talking all things weekend. Let's get you the headlines, trending topics, including uh, uh, that Longhorn uh, scrimmage. UBO Business Services brings you the news. 
Uh, Texas football, as we say, 20, uh, 19 days at the start of the season, held their first of two training camp scrimmages on Saturday. It was closed to the media and public, but those insider reports are out there indicate that Texas' defense may have had the better day. Overall, freshman quarterback Arch Manning had a solid day, too, that included a long touchdown run. Also, the according to the reports, a interception for Malik Muhammad, the cornerback, the freshman. That was returned for a pick six. Also, running back Keelan Robinson took a long run to the house after breaking free on a fourth and short. Texas will practice again this afternoon, ahead of which and after which uh, head coach Steve Sarkeesian will meet with the media and give his thoughts. We'll have more on that coming up tomorrow on Ian Rodby. NFL over the weekend. Cowboys open their three-game preseason with a loss to Jacksonville at home, 28-23. Tough to make much of the game considering the Cowboys didn't play quarterback Dak Prescott or any of their projected starters on offense. Former K-State star and Round Rock Cedar Ridge running back Deuce Vaughn certainly made a strong first impression. The team's sixth-round pick posted a couple of highlight reel runs, rushed for 50 yards, and a go-ahead score. In the third quarter, former Lawhorn DeMarvion Overshone, the linebacker, also showed up quite a bit on Saturday. Cowboys' uh, third-round pick was in on six tackles at a big third-down stop that forced a Jaguar punt in the first quarter. And Demo says, man, just living the dream. I did, definitely, you know, putting the jersey on. You know, I put it on for OTA, but it was for pictures. But, you know, putting it on and putting my armbands on and my sleeve and realizing that I'm going to do this for the Dallas Cowboys. You know, a lot of people dream about that. A lot of people say, man, I want to do that. And uh, I'm, I'm part of that 1% that, that got the chance to do that. So I, I definitely, before the game, took five deep breaths and just, just soaked it in. And like I say, I, I wouldn't want to be nowhere else. I'm, I'm glad to be here. And, you know, like I said, I'm looking forward to the rest of the year. Thanks to CBS Austin for that sound. Cowboys, uh, and we'll talk more NFL from the weekend coming up. Major League Baseball, Texas Rangers entered the weekend with a two-and-a-half game lead on the Astros in the uh, AL West. They come out of the uh, weekend with the very same lead, two-and-a-half games. Both teams took two out of three over the weekend. Both were looking for sweeps yesterday afternoon, but took the loss. Rangers lost a tough one yesterday. They played at a run in the 10th to take a lead in San Francisco, 2-1. to one, But then bottom of that frame, Giants catcher Patrick Bailey drilled a two-run homer. Walk-off win. Will Smith gave it up down in Houston. Well, after they scored 22 runs in their wins Friday and Saturday, Astro bats went cold yesterday. Shohei Otani belted his 41st home run of the season. That led the Angels to a 2-1 win, uh, salvaging a game in that series. Uh, victory there. Houston will open up a four-game series in Miami tonight. Astros haven't played in South Florida in, since 2017. Rangers are going to open a series with the Angels now. Angels uh, and the Rangers are not going to have to face Shohei Otani as a pitcher. L.A. announced yesterday that their superstar will skip his scheduled pitching start on Wednesday to rest his arm. He will be in the lineup, uh, though, is the D.H. Del Diamond last night. Round Rock wrapped up a six-game sweep of Albuquerque with a 9-6 win. And in golf, the veteran Lucas Glover won for the second time in as many weeks. 43-year-old followed up his win at the Wyndham Championship by topping Patrick Cantlay in a playoff yesterday. He wins the FedEx St. Jude Championship in Memphis. St. Jude was the first leg of the FedEx Cup playoff. The top 50 from this weekend will advance to the BMW Championship, teeing off Thursday outside Chicago. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Um, another highlight from, from the, for, for the Cowboys in that first preseason game, we talked about DeMarvio and Overshell and leading the uh, the huddle um, basically after pregame warm-ups, which was, to me, a, a a statement as to how much this team values him and how much respect he's earned because that's hard for rookies to get, to get that kind of clout to do that. And we talked about Deuce, which, I mean, Deuce Vaughn, I, I think everybody assumed he was going to make the team in some way, form, or fashion, um, even if he's a, obviously could have been a practice squad guy too. He's going to be on the active roster. 
as <laughs> as one of the the running backs, especially since uh, they're not that deep at that position, considering what he's already shown them in practice and in that first preseason game. But Jake Ferguson too. Um, there's a lot of talk about who's going to replace Dalton Schultz. I mean, that was the you know the, the favorite target of Dak Prescott. That was his go-to guy, especially kind of his security blanket. I thought Jake Ferguson looked pretty good. I mean, he caught three passes for 38 yards, had three, That's Ty's three guy. targets. That's Ty's guy. He loves Jake, Jake Ferguson. Uh, Travis Kelsey loves him, too. I know they're not like that tight end See? university See, thing. Ty's been but saying, tra- no, Travis, Travis Kelsey Ferguson. said that he's kind of the – that's one of his favorite young tight ends to watch, and he's predicting that Jake Ferguson is going to have a breakout year when he starts. Well, the Cowboys have drafted well. We know that. Yeah, they got um, Schoonmaker in there too. Yeah, Schoonmaker. well, and they drafted Schoonmaker. They drafted Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin in the fourth round last year. Yeah, that's value right there. And the Cowboys have done a good job of doing that, drafting a guy that was going to replace a player that's going to leave via free agency. They've – They've kind of stocked. You know, they're able to do that and look ahead. That Dalton Schultz, who they who played on the franchise tag last year, was probably going to move on, which he did down to Houston. Um, well, here comes Jake Ferguson, and they draft uh, Schoonmaker for that. They want to be three tight end offense at times with uh, with Tony Pollard as the lead running back again. Cowboys didn't play a single offensive starter, and there's still no Zach Martin. That holdout continues, and no. that thing is. And now they're back. Now they're back from Oxnard, right there. I don't believe they're going back to California. I think they're going to train the rest of the he's way. He's at a million dollars now, I believe. Yeah, right? I mean, he's getting fined 50000 a day. Yeah, so I believe he's at a million dollars in the fines he's accrued. That's a lot of straight cash, homie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if that gets resolved. It's, it's the one piece of drama that the Cowboys are dealing with. Everything else has been pretty good so far. Um, but same time, yeah, I think you're right about Jake Ferguson being a real, real good player for them this year. As far as the rookie quarterbacks, you know what? you know what's rookie quarterback at the end of the day? Had the best passer rating from the weekend because every rookie quarterback got to play this weekend. Oh, that's a good Aiden O'Connell. There you go. Who was it? Aiden O'Connell. The Aiden uh, o- I wouldn't have guessed that. Now, Vegas Raiders are trying <laughs> to replace Derek Carr, who is going to be the starter for the New Orleans Saints this year. Aiden O'Connell out of Purdue um, shredded the 49ers' backups yesterday in reserve players. They're trying to make that team. He was 15 of 18, 141 yards and a touchdown, passer rating 117.8, followed by... No, actually, the uh, highest passer rating, am I right about that? I think it was 117, Aiden O'Connell. Uh, or it could have been oh, yeah, Dorian, Dorian Thompson, Thompson Robinson. Robinson out of UCLA yeah. for the mm. Browns was 9 of 10, 102 yeah. yards and a touchdown. Yeah. 142.5 his passer rating. He showed up. Showed up. But, again, these are like end of these games. And, you know, we know C.J. Stroud was 2 for 4 for 13 yards and a pick. Bryce Young was 4 for 6 for mm-hmm. 21 yards. And Anthony Richardson, Will Levis. Um, yeah. How, how about the first pass of the game for the Bears goes to the house on a little screen pass to DJ Moore? Hey, you got to watch out for this system with Justin Fields in it. They they figured out now to work smarter, not harder. And instead of throwing, the, having him throw the football vertically downfield a ton, just asking him to throw high percentage passes, uh, quick games, short passes. I, I, I believe most of that the that touchdown were yak yards. Yeah, it was just run after the catch. They just did a great job of setting it up. So if that's going to be the new offense for Justin Fields, then, yeah, he can he can take his game to another level. They're not asking him to throw the football vertical well, downfield where he ends up you know, making bad decisions and putting the ball in harm's way. Well, uh, Justin Fields, of course, the young guy out of Ohio State, is he rushed for over 1,000 yards last year. He's one of the, what, 
Four, how many quarterbacks have done it? Three? And they're four, trying to look, there's no secret in Chicago they're trying to pattern his game and build the offense like the Eagles have for Jalen Hurts. They you actually know? took it from Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. They took it from the Ravens, actually. That was their first that, they actually they were they were they were watching film on the Ravens right. and Lamar Jackson, and they actually there is a there's this quote from Justin Fields that a coach within the organization said, "Why don't we just run that offense?" <laughs> well, they, and were, they, they decided were to take to play it, them, right? And yeah, and that's why they just started to run. Literally, they started running the offense. That's why he ran for a thousand yards, just like Lamar Jackson did. Yeah, now they're trying to add the quick game into it. And they, yeah. they, of course, remember the Bears had the number one overall pick, but they didn't want to take a quarterback, so they mm-hmm. traded with Carolina. And a big part of that was DJ Moore. The wide receiver, yeah. the twenty-five-year-old receiver, who is a—he's a—he's a with the right, right offense can be a, a big-time playmaker, and they've given him. The, they got Khalil Herbert at running back, and a young guy at running back named Roshan Johnson. Rojo, Rojo, he got some run. He had a twenty-four-yard run. That was and he the broke run. two tackles, broke through some arm tackles he, there. Yeah, he looked like the Rojo at Texas. Uh, I think overall he had twelve rushes for forty-four yards, so not great overall. Um, but he did flash, and I think he showed enough. I mean, that's basically what they want to see from him. Uh, but, yeah, the Bears' offense, it's going to be different. Justin Fields had two touchdown passes in that preseason game with 55-plus yak on each play. Both passes were thrown at or behind the line of scrimmage. That's going to be their new formula. There were five such plays like that the entire season last season, and only three went for touchdowns, too. So it doesn't it doesn't happen a lot where you have fifty five plus yak yard touchdowns yeah. and he they had two of them in the same game I think that shows you what they're emphasizing. I will also him. say uh, we'll talk some more NFL coming up because I know that uh, Ty has a bullish or BS story for that's mm-hmm. Cowboys related coming up in our bullish or BS segment at the end of this hour. Also, Rod, we've got uh, uh, you know if you're I mentioned Derek Carr now starting for the Saints. If you're a Saints fan. How about the fact that you got to see Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas on the field with Derek Carr? Oh, Michael Thomas! Michael Thomas! Is Michael back. Thomas! With Chris how Olave. many years has it been since Where Michael has Thomas has been on the football field? I don't even know what the injury is anymore. It's been I've such lost a track mystery. of it. I think it's a leg injury of some kind. But at the same time, that's it, crazy. It's the Saints in that division that now doesn't include Tom Brady, and it's you know that's wild. Atlanta, man. Carolina, and Tampa. The Saints can be the, the the far and away favorites. I know Alvin Kamara's got the uh, the mm-hmm. off field stuff he's dealing with, but he's healthy. He's Michael healthy. Thomas is healthy. They're Chris Olave was the second best rookie receiver last year behind Garrett Wilson. Their defense is always good. And their defense is their, salty. Their defense so the Saints all of a sudden become a team to keep an eye on because Derek Carr is not a great quarterback. He's a good quarterback though. Put weapons put, around him. Yeah, I mean, I'd put Derek Carr in the Kirk Cousins. Dak mm-hmm. discussion. That's kind of the same type of quarterbacks that they are. No, I assumed that Michael Thomas was out. I, He's back. I really hadn't done any research on it. That was they just played a the Chiefs yesterday. Foolish assumption by me. There like, he was. Oh, he's he's out. just forgotten about him. I was like, ah, oh, he's out. There's no way he's playing. He hadn't played in. Has it been like two years? Yeah, right? yeah. For most of most of the last two seasons wow. without him. Yeah, uh, and they still have Jameis Winston there as a backup quarterback. So it's crazy. The Saints are a team probably in the best. No, without a doubt, they're in the best quarterback shape in that division. That's uh, wild. And if Derek Carr. You know, plays with a chip on his shoulder after being run out of out of the Raiders. I think he will. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I think um, he will. Like you said, that division is winnable. And Atlanta, they didn't play Bijan at B. John all. Bijan didn't play at all on wonder, Friday yeah. night. Didn't play that's at an, all. That's that's disappointing. But I, I get it. That he, means he's he, balling out. He's a running back. Well, he's a running back too. I mean, yeah, if you draft a running back that high, you don't want to take any chances. Nope, no need to. They didn't play any of their top three running backs. They didn't play Algier either or Cordell. Cordero Patterson? Mm-mm. Yeah, so maybe Arthur Smith just Can doesn't we, believe in playing uh, this guy in, in the preseason. We will go and talk some Texas football on that scrimmage coming up again. Also, oh, yeah, we, we mentioned bullish or BS. But right now it's time. 
for Rod to have rant number one on a Monday. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, I really just kind of want to get into uh, the Cowboys and the Cowboys preseason contest and dive into uh, some of the standout performers. And um, I think one of the standout performers that I liked, what I saw from the Cowboys, was actually, we talked about Jake Ferguson, was also Jalen Tolbert. Remember in the offseason? Second-year receiver. Yeah, remember the offseason? First of all, we don't know. I think there's a the conversation among Cowboys fans, and Ty, you're a Cowboys fan, so you'd probably know more than I would as a Cowboys fan, as to who the the, the, the fourth wide receiver is supposed to be. Like, who's that guy? Who's that fourth wide receiver for them? We know the um, big three. Last year, it's supposed to be Turpin or it's a, Exactly. I think, it, yeah, some people think it might be Turpin. I think Jerry loves him some Kevontae Yeah, you're Turpin. talking C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, and then Brandon you know, Cooks. And, yeah. And who's the next guy? And who's the next guy? Yeah. And I remember the reports. Oh, I don't remember if you guys remember this, but there are a lot of reports. You know, quotes from both Brandon Cooks and also from Jalen Tolbert that Brandon Cooks kind of took Jalen Tolbert under his, under his wing. And was kind of teaching him how to be a professional and showing him the ropes and really taking a, you know, taking some ownership in his development as a veteran player. And guys, I think the Cowboys may be leaning toward Jalen Tolbert could be that fourth wide receiver for them, too. Um, I thought Jalen Tolbert showed he has some some playmaking ability. He had two receptions for, I think, for like almost 30 yards. But he had that 17-yarder. Only two targets, though. Um, so Jalen Tolbert, I think that was someone who stood out. We talked about Jake Ferguson. I think Jake Ferguson's also someone who showed in that in that preseason game just a little time that he played three targets but had three receptions for 38 yards. That, you know, the the question marks and some of the, I don't know, some of the uncertainty surrounding certain parts of the Cowboys offense, mainly who's going to be the depth at wide receiver just in case you have an injury. Uh, tight end position, now that Dalton Schultz is has moved on, he's with the Texans, and who's going to replace Dalton Schultz as that safety net, uh, that safety blanket for Dak Prescott. Seems like Jake Ferguson's going to fill into that spot, and it's going to be a relatively seamless transition. Um, honestly, other than... Zach Martin on the offensive line, and even running back depth, right? That's something we were concerned about with the Cowboys, too. You see Deuce Vaughn, eight rushes, 50 yards, over six yards per rush. And I want to say he averaged 5.4 yards after contact per carry, which is important for the Cowboys because it shows you that explosive element. And he was running behind second, third team offensive line pretty much that was scraped together. Uh, so some of the question marks that I had about the Cowboys offense, I'm not saying that I'm going to you know, jump to conclusions after the first preseason game, but the unproven commodities that were supposed to add depth for the Cowboys at that wide receiver position, at tight end as well, and at running back, I did see signs and reasons to be optimistic if you're a Cowboys fan there. Agreed. And, and look, look, Jalen Tolbert was out of South Alabama. He was the Sunbelt Offensive Player of the Year in that conference. And the Cowboys took him in the third round. And, you know, sometimes guys take a little bit to learn that league. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's you've been there, Rod. It's not an easy league. No, it's not. And maybe in you know, the reports where his head was swimming a little bit last year, trying to figure out. To go from the Sunbelt in South Alabama where 
offensive coordinator, Rod, Major Appleway. Hey, Major Appleway. shout out. Uh, but, Jake, I mean, you talk to anybody in the Sun Belt, Jalen Tolbert was a handful. And, you know, so the talent's there. He's 6'1", he's 195 pounds, so he's not, he's a bigger guy, mm-hmm. and he can run. The Cowboys saw enough in him to take him in a, with Third, a top 100 pick. Yeah, top 100 high. pick. So, yeah, I mean, and, you know, don't give up on guys. Let him, you know, it wasn't like he was a, an off-field problem or malcontent. He was just trying to learn the league. And so, yeah, didn't keep an eye on Jalen Tolbert. And that's where acquiring a guy like Brandon Cooks. It pays huge dividends. It's like what Verlander did for the Astros pitching staff. Like having you know, that veteran presence, he also have a calming presence in that locker room because they basically become a coach at that point in their career. Yeah. Like, I've been where you are. Let me help you out a little bit. Yeah. No, here's a, here's a, here's a quote from Jalen Tolbert about Brandon Cooks. Um, he said, this is him crediting Brandon Cooks with some of his development. He said, flush it, flush it. Uh, that's what Brandon Cooks told me. He's obviously been in the league for a long time, and I was disappointed about last year. I went through what I went through last year, and he asked me about it. We talked about it, and then he told me to flush it. He says he sees a lot in me, so flush it, have fun, continue to grow, and take the year two jump. Um, so he went on to say, last year I realized uh, I realized it, and obviously I tried to fix a lot of those things. Um, he went on to talk about how Brandon Cooks has basically been a mentor. Here's a guy that's been here and done that, and what Brandon wants to do, although come in and learn the system, is he wants to encourage and invest in the younger guys, says Brian Schottenheimer. So there you go. That, that, that Brandon Cook's move could end up being a big reason why Jalen Tolbert's ready to take a leap too. Well, and that last year he didn't have enough weapons. That was pretty clear, especially when uh, you know Tony Pollard got hurt in that playoff game. It's all about getting through those. I mean, Cowboys offense are back to back twelve or more win seasons. That's the first time they've done that since the nineties mm-hmm. when they were winning Super Bowls. But it's about getting over the hump come January. Yep. And you know the more weapons you can have for Dak Prescott. Somebody texted and said, "How dare you compare Dak Prescott?" To Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins, can I can I give Uh-oh. you side by side? Oh no! Can, oh, I, no. can I just tell <laughs> Don't you? Get them started. Go to the, go to the stats. Dak Uh-oh. Prescott's career stats are Kirk Cousins. Mm. They're the same quarterback. Hey, what, are we hating on Kirk? Is no, this a, a hating on Kirk Cousins well, conversation of, or no, a hating no, on Dak conversation? What Which did I just say? I said on? Derek Carr. The, the 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 Raiders quarterback situation is the best in that division, especially with Derek Carr with weapons. If Derek Carr, he's he's not an elite quarterback. Neither is Dak. Neither is Kirk Cousins. But if you put good weapons around them, they're going to put the ball in the end zone. They're going to lead your team. It's not yep. Aaron Rodgers. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow. But they're in that tier where they're good, and they, they're at times great. Um, look, Kirk Cousins' career passer rating, Rod? Kirk Cousins' career passer rating uh, is 90. Mm-mm. Let me get it for you. Kirk Cousins in Uh-oh. his career is 96.7 or 97.8, 97.8. 105 touchdowns, 81 interceptions, uh, 37,140 total yards. Dak Prescott in his career, 97.8 as a passer rating, <laughs> 50, uh, 65, or excuse me, 166 touchdowns, 65 interceptions, 66.6% career passer rating. Kirk Cousins career passer rating, 66.8. So they're really the same player. Uh, mm. I think Dak can run a little more, but he doesn't run nearly like he used to. Uh, I think both need weapons. I think both will put you in the end zone, but they're not going to win you the Super Bowl. What was Kirk Cousins, a fourth-round pick? Yep. That was was, the year that your guy— Dak was a fourth-round pick? Dak was a fourth-round pick. Oh, there you go. Thank you, Rod. (laughs) Connecting the dots. (laughs) Trying to help you out there. And they've both been in the playoffs and both underachieved in the playoffs come playoff time. Uh, And I I agree with it. That's not bad. That's not a bad take. Yeah. They're really the same player, Um, statistically. And I think— Still franchise quarterbacks. Yeah, for sure. And they both made a lot of money. 
They're both getting paid like franchise quarterbacks. That becomes the problem when both places. You talk to folks in Minnesota uh, that are that are Viking fans. They kind of love to hate Kirk Cousins, but he's good. And if you've watched the show Quarterback on Netflix, you kind of didn't realize this is just a good dude who everybody likes, but at the same time, can he get you over the hump? Nobody doesn't like Dak Prescott. Nobody dislikes the, the guy as a player. He's one of their, their absolute team leaders. He says everything right. He does most things right um, when it comes to you know handling the team. But at the same time, it's about winning playoff games. you got to win playoff games. Uh, also, flipping over to the defensive side of the ball for the Cowboys, um, Marquise Bell is one of the pet projects for Dan Quinn. Loves him some Marquise Bell. He loves the long-rangey safeties that he believes can be hybrid players for him. Marquise Bell is one of those guys. Uh, man, he had 10 tackles, four solo tackles in that preseason game um, and a pass deflection. Marquise Bell is probably going to be one of those guys that ends up making uh, the roster no longer as a kind of a project for them on the practice squad. So look for that. Also, um, I'll throw out there, too, that I think that Israel Makayamu uh, for the Cowboys, too, another guy getting a lot of, He's getting a lot of run now because you've had some injuries at the safety position. Um, that's another guy that's been a pet project for Dan Quinn. One of the long range safeties, like six, six three, long yeah, range. They've guy. done a good job identifying those kind of he guys. Lo- that's that's really he's got he's got a type. Yeah, he's, he's got a type that he likes, and that's one of those types that he likes. He loves those long range guys. So I I I love some of the uh, the young DBs that the Cowboys have right now. Deron Bland's really a good young DB for him too, and they love the young guy Eric Scott Jr. He's he's gonna make the roster. Okay, Eric, this is the, Eric Scott Jr. is gonna make the roster. Right. Yeah, this is that time of year where the young guys get to shine because the starters aren't playing much, and uh, we got to see that on Saturday. We'll talk more about these playoff games. We'll get your thoughts on Dak, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr comparisons. Also, uh, more on the Longhorns and their first of two scrimmages over the weekend. Longhorns are 19 days to the opener with the Rice Owls. Takeaways from that. Plus, before the end of the hour, we'll do a little bullish or BS with T.Y. It is a Monday here on E and Rod B. Appreciate you being there on 1019 AM 1260. And, of course, always on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin's all-sports leader, the Horn. What are we bullish on and what's BS before the top of the hour, including a uh, Cowboys-related bullish or BS. Some Cowboy fans frustrated with a now Hall of Fame Cowboy. We'll get you details on that. Also, this Wander Franco story, one to watch with the Tampa Rays. Astros still two and a half back of the Rangers in the AL West. I got to take in the Astros game on Saturday night. Got to see my my guy, my uh, my favorite Astro player growing up, Billy Doran, go into the Astros Hall of Fame. Because it was, it, was, it was pretty cool. He went in along with Bill Brown, Rod. Nice. Uh, Bill Brown, the 30-year broadcaster for the Astros and fan favorite on TV. Um, just another guy I grew up uh, really liking as a sportscaster. Uh, he went in, and the cool part is all the – all the, the the Astros that have gone in preceding those guys were there, Jeff Bagwell and Craig Biggio and, uh, gosh, not all of them, but as many as they could get to come back. Uh, Terry Poole was there, and uh, it was it was a good group, good group to, to check out. So uh, fun, to be, fun to be there, fun to be at Minute Maid Park, sellout crowd. Astros scored 11 runs, and Kyle Tucker continues to hit home runs. It was, it was a fun night. So good weekend. You had a good weekend, too. You said you were doing some adulting. Uh, doing some adulting, man. Had to, um, <laughs> we're like building, I got contractors at the house. So we're building like an office oh, in the wow. back. You're adulting. Yeah, that's some serious adulting. So uh, we got doing all that. But yeah, everything's going good. Had a good weekend, though. Got a nice. chance to watch some football. 
um, cool. surf the web for reports about the Texas scrimmage. Yeah. Gathered enough reports, so uh, we'll go into some of that when we go behind the burn orange curtain a little bit. And that's exactly right. I want to ask you the question you asked me in the last hour, too. Also, on the Dak Prescott v. Kirk Cousins debate, because somebody said I got mad at me because I compared Dak Prescott and Kyle, Derek Carr to Kirk Cousins. Let me apologize, because I do think both Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott's career numbers would tell you a little bit better than, than that of Derek Carr. Um, but I, th- I really grew, grew a lot of admiration for Derek Carr the year that uh, John Gruden had to step aside and got fired, essentially, right? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And oh yeah, and there was a interim B- coach, Rich Bisaccia. Yeah, Rich Bisaccia stepped in, yeah. and it was a made a play, made the playoffs. Yeah, it was the Henry Ruggs year was going on. They had all kinds of fiascos happening off the field. Yet Derek Carr led that team to the playoffs and nearly led them to a playoff win over Cincinnati in Cincinnati. If you remember that game in the mm-hmm. wild card round, and of course the Bengals ended up in the Super Bowl. So, and then last year Josh McDaniels comes in and. Derek Carr falls out of favor pretty early with Josh McDaniels. He wanted to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. And so, again, but it is amazing if you go look at the career stats of Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott, how similar their numbers are. (laughs) The the completion percentage is identical. (laughs) Passer rating is identical. You know, Dak has won 63 games as a starter. Cousins, 71. Dak is 2-4 in the playoffs. Kirk Cousins is 1-4 in the playoffs. Their numbers almost identical. Both really good players, really good quarterbacks, have made a lot of money. But are always going to be tagged with, you know, can they win in January? Can they win in the big moments? Can they lead their teams in the high-pressure moments against the best teams? But to, to this point of their careers, both have they fallen have short in yes. that regard. They have not yet done it. Yeah. Dak's going to be trying to get past that divisional round. That I, I think for the Cowboys, that is the only thing that will determine success or failure for the season. Yeah, I think if so. They, that's if, that's if, the bar, right? That's the bar for them. It's and, like for Texas. It's, it's pretty simple. You don't compete for a Big 12 title, it's a disappointment. Yeah, for the Cowboys, it's a failure. You, you don't get past the division round, it's a disappointment. And division round puts you in the Final Four, right? Puts you in the NFC Championship game, a, game, a place the Cowboys have not been since 1995. And, you know, the last two years, we've said this a lot, Dak Prescott against the 49ers both years, the Cowboys had a chance mm-hmm. late in the game to go win the ball game. And, you know, last year he threw an interception. Uh, the year before, didn't get it done. Remember, the clock ran out. And there was a series right before the clock ran out series where he threw an interception. So you, that's what you're judged on. You're at the biggest of moments. You got to win that ball game. And uh, obviously the the you know and to, and in both cases to lose to Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy. You know that's are, a great point. Yeah, but you're losing to a better overall franchise and right. team. But you're right about that in terms of the quarterback. You know, that's the, you get all the girls, you get all the grief. So the, it all falls on the quarterback. You got to find a way to get it done. I'll give the Cowboys a ton of credit, though. They went and got Dak some weapons. I don't necessarily like what they did at the running back room, but they went out and got them some wide, one of the best wide receiving rooms in the NFL now. Well, maybe Deuce Vaughn can be the guy that maybe makes you feel a little bit better about that Cowboys running back room. I think Deuce needs a better number than 42, though. I do. Uh, it's a little, it's a little thick. It's so big it's for a him. Big it's a little wide for him. He needs some a little more. Slender. Now, you can't have 22 because that's Emmett. Right, you can't have twenty two. That's yeah. what he was at, at K State. You can find something. That's a, that's, I'm with you. Something better than two. that. Just give him two. 
Could you say somebody else has two? Somebody else they? have two on the Cowboys. I don't know. It, that is a deuce, clean number, though, because he's Deuce. Deuce is loose. Number two, give me two. It's got to be something we're missing. Somebody's got to have two, but you know, maybe you can get it. Uh, so look again. That's I'm, when I say I, I compare Kirk to Dak. It's not. A, it's not. A, it's not. A, it's not a knock. It's just they both are in the same place as a player. And to your point about the 49ers being a better team, I think you're right. And you, but that's the team you got to beat. I mean, you're, to to achieve what we all agree is the goal to get to the the at least the NFC Championship game. You got to beat the Niners. You're gonna have to beat a really good team to get Niners, there. Niners, Eagles, and you would rather face a team like the Niners, who's really good without an elite quarterback. And you feel like you have the advantage at the position, but even against Brock Purdy last year, you did not. And that becomes the rub. And, you know, gosh, I mean, for the Kirk Cousins fans in Minnesota, you got outplayed by Derek Carr or Derek, uh, what? Daniel Danny, Jones. Daniel Jones. Danny Dimes, baby. Daniel Jones. Danny beat you Dimes on your home out field. there. <laughs> beat you on your home field, so you fall to one and four. Hey, Rod, I want to ask you the same question you asked me last hour behind the burnt orange curtain, which is uh, what storyline is the top storyline for you? Because you mentioned Arch Manning had a big day. According to the insiders, A.D. Mitchell continues to be their most consistent and best receiver. Isaiah Nair. Apparently had a big, uh, because if you missed it last hour, apparently Jordan Whittington left that scrimmage on Saturday with some type of hand or arm yeah, injury. Yeah, not sure. Some injury of some kind. He went to the locker room, and you know we'll hear from Sark this afternoon on that. Also, uh, Xavier Worthy, according to the eyewitnesses, really wasn't participating. He was watching, uh, precautionary. Uh, but but you know Nayer Mitchell, so your receiver room continues to grow. You mentioned Anthony Hill, the freshman Anthony out of Denton. Ryan continues to be a big yep. time playmaker. Malik Muhammad, the corner, uh, pick six out of South Oak Cliff, mm-hmm. uh, five four or five star player from a year ago. Um, Ethan Burke stepping up. You mentioned Alfred Collins, and I chose that as the biggest storyline that I've seen. That Alfred Collins stood out to people during the training mm-hmm. camp scrimmage. What uh, what are, what of the storylines stood out to you the most? Um, I'll go with. Uh, kind of a combination because I heard that the defense forced a lot of turnovers. You had two interceptions on the day. I think Malik ended up having an interception. Uh, Quinn ended up having one interception, too, reportedly. And there was a forced fumble. Um, reportedly, Leon Lee LaFowle, uh, shout out to Horns 24-7 with a nice forced fumble, uh, they said on their report. If you want to look at the Texas defense and how they can take the next step from being a good defense, which they were last year, to getting to the great or elite level, uh, which Texas hasn't had an elite defense since 2009. Last time they were at a top 15 defense somewhere around there. But they had a really good defense last year, but there's room for improvement. One of the ways they can improve is they can become a defense that cashes in on some of those splash plays, those havoc plays we talked about. And they didn't do that enough last year. Only 14 takeaways last year, 14 in 2021. One of the few areas where they did not improve, really. I mean, this defense improved across the board in almost every area, pretty much. And one of the ways they did not improve uh, from year to year was their ability to take the football away. And in the Big 12, that is crucial. And I love that now maybe that's an emphasis. Sark always says you get what you emphasize. They need to take the football away. So hearing about multiple interceptions, hearing about forced fumbles, meaning they're becoming a more havoc field defense. And you eat those havoc plays. Havoc plays are basically defensive plays that are splash plays. They are you know, interceptions, PBUs, forced fumbles, sacks, tackles for loss. And you need more of those. Shailen Ford's coming back. He led the Big 12 
in that category last season. So he's coming back. That's a really good thing. But you need more of those guys to contribute in that way. And it looks like, uh, you know, you may get, uh, as a unit, you may get more players who are, who are making those havoc plays. So that, to me, is probably the big side. I'm with you, though. Alfred Collins' light going off, that also is a part of, I'm sure, the interceptions and the more opportunistic defense because getting pressure up front, that's the key. And last year they did that. They were second in the country. If you look at pro football focus numbers in pressures, uh, they want to convert more of those into sacks and they want more of those to translate into takeaways. Without a doubt. And if, if you do that, now all of a sudden you're flipping the field. And that's how I think when I hear Sark talk about this team and what it can be, they, they feel like they can be you know much better offensively, especially and more consistent in the passing game with the, the additions of A.D. Mitchell and Isaiah Nair's return and another year better Jatavion Sanders and then Quinn Yours being more comfortable with the system and in better shape and all those things. Uh, and the offensive line, I think, is going to take another step forward. Uh, so offense has a chance to be really good. That's another storyline, too. Change, uh, change, a change on the first-team offensive line. I want you to give us that here coming up, who, who changed and where. But if the offense is as good as we think it can be, and then if the defense takes that next step where turnovers and sacks join the pressures and the, the improvement from last year, and, you know, Jeff Banks is talking about being really high-end on the specialty unit because you bring in Joe D. Camillus as an advisor. That's big. 30 years in the NFL. And now yeah. with – and you know this, Rod, having played on special teams both in college and the pros, you know, when you have depth, mm-hmm. you have better special teams because yep. the long ones are going to use some starters and some familiar faces on their specialty units. You know that. But in the third phase, the more good, really talented young players you have, the more ability you have to create situations that are that are positive and that, that – phase of the game too so if you're really good in all three phases this is why we say it's big 12 championship and you know a trip to arlington or it's going to be a seen as a failed season this team has everything in place to to make a run in the big 12 conference this year totally agree uh that's why the the all gas no excuses tour yeah has been ringing out that seems to be the rallying cry for longhorn fans and i i totally agree and this is a uh, a team that you know also we we talked about it you know numerous times the leadership's going to be um, to me, not an issue, but it's going to be a question mark until this team faces adversity and then we see that leadership for this team actually step up and be able to you know, rally the team and show that they do have the culture, a culture strong enough to withstand whatever you know, turmoil and whatever issues uh, they face. You're, you're Coach Mac Brown. They're you say inevitable. that all the it's, time. It's and coming. I'm, and I'm sure you heard it, that Mac Brown, you say it all the time. We don't. Every coach thinks he has good culture and good leadership until to, to it's, the fit hits the shan. Yeah, until yeah. it's a tough situation late yeah. in the third quarter, and now you find out how good your leadership yeah. is. That's that's what coach is all about. It's all about you know that leadership. You'll see when they face adversity, which they should early on. They got to go to Bama, so we should see some adversity. Now if they don't face any, um, you know, on the road versus Bama. I guess that's a really good thing because that would mean that they're having their way with Bama. I don't think that's going to happen. So we expect them to be tested early on with that leadership. Agreed, and you mentioned the offensive line change. It looked like uh, DJ DJ Campbell was it starting looked, right guard. First team reps were with the left tackle, of course, Kelvin Banks, left guard Hayden Connor, the center Jake Majors, and yeah, DJ Campbell, uh, and at right guard and right tackle Christian Jones. So a little shake up there, little shake up. But we talked about the second; they, they returned the entire offensive line. But many of the the backups who were listed on the depth chart have higher upside. Then a lot of the frontline starters who are returning. So that was a first world problem that Texas had. And it looks like they've already potentially upgraded at one of those spots. Doesn't mean that you're not, that other players not going to play. The truth is, he said 
I believe Pete, uh, sorry, Kyle Flood said he likes and believes they have eight guys that he That's he deep. considers starting caliber linemen, and they will rotate those guys. Well, think Christian Jones at right tackle is a sixth-year player who's playing his best football in his career right now. Kelvin Banks and DJ Campbell, if that's your starting left tackle and right guard, those are five-star players. Jake Majors is played a lot of football at Texas in the middle. And then really the question becomes, who's your left guard? Right? Is it Hayden Connor? Is it Cole Hudson? Uh, is it Neto? Uh, you know, who else steps into that spot? But that's a good problem where you have eight guys who you feel like can really play on that offensive line uh, with the weapons that they do have. All right, there's good stuff right there. We'll come back. When we do, it's time for Bullish or BS. We will get you an update on your uh, Austin Gamblers as well. They had a great weekend out in Anaheim, but it's Bullish or BS. Topics that uh, Ty thinks we've missed uh, as we roll up towards the 8 o'clock hour. Coming back here on Ian Rodby. Monday on Ian Rod B. As we roll on, time for bullish or BS. What are we bullish on and maybe calling BS? Including, Rod, I don't know if you saw the first snap of the Ravens-Eagles game over the weekend. I did not see that. Did you see Jalen Carter, the former Georgia Bulldog defensive tackle, and his get-off? It's not even fair, man. The fact that they got that guy with the ninth pick. I know. Dude, they got more Ojimo late. I know. <laughs> I, I mean, we're talking about the Cowboys, late. but Jalen Carter may have been the most, the overall most talented player in the draft. And I know he had the off-field stuff and this drag racing and that situation in Athens, but Jalen Carter is a is a game changer. Yeah, he's going to be number one overall pick at one point, and then if you had yeah, mo- if you had asked off. most league personnel before last season who would be the number one pick, they would have said Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter. <laughs> Jalen Carter. If you take out quarterbacks, who would be the number one pick? The Eagles, who were in the Super Bowl a year ago, got him with the ninth selection. Yeah, and didn't they get? Didn't they have a pick six by Eli? It was it Eli Ricks? Yeah, and they got him undrafted. Well, they, I mean, the Eagles are now drafted most of that Georgia defense. I want to say they got Eli. <laughs> they, he was oh man, undrafted. They got him. That's and you got to beat if you're the Cowboys. He's gonna be a damn good player. So yeah, the Eagles. Nobody well, identifies talent probably better than him. We'll let you hear it coming up with the Cowboys. But Demarvin Overshone getting rave reviews from the Cowboys, but at the same time. Even the, the veteran players. That, that offensive line in Philadelphia is really good, right? It's one of the best in the league. Oh, they may have the best lines of scrimmage, period. Both and sides the, of the ball. Jason Kelsey now is guy saying, this guy's a problem. This Jalen Carter. This guy is a problem. Uh, and, you know, they're dealing with him in, in training camp. And uh, the, the Ravens got to see that on over the weekend in that first snap. All right, other bullish or BS. It's brought to you by the Austin Gamblers. Austin's pro bull riding team. Uh, had another great weekend out in Anaheim, California. Are they it, still undefeated? Uh, I got to double check because okay. they were as of going into That's Sunday. They were. I need to look at the results from Sunday. Right, they they won on sure. Saturday, and uh, yeah, Austin Gamblers now seven and zero. Woo! Seven and zero. You're Austin Gamblers, Locked and remember, in. we're a couple of weeks out to their Gambler Days out at the mm-hmm. Moody Center Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, August twenty fifth, sixth, and seventh. And you know that Friday night when you get your tickets to see them go head to head, how about with the Carolina Cowboys? Who are the number two team I in like the PBR that. at five and two? Mm-hmm. Oklahoma Freedom are five and two, but the Austin Gamblers get it done. Are seven and zero, and remember that whole weekend they've got live music with guy, our great friend Kevin Fowler, uh, William Clark Green. I mean, it's a great lineup. So music, rodeo, Austin Gambler Day is coming in two weeks. They're seven and zero, cranking it, cranking in the second it. year of the uh, PBR. So we're bullish on the gamblers. What are we like also that. bullish or BS on? Ty, what do you have for us in bullish or BS? Well, the Jaguars defeated the Cowboys twenty-eight to three in the mm-hmm. first preseason. Twenty-three, game. twenty-three. 28-3, sorry. Um, and <laughs> we've already talked about it a good amount. But Jacksonville, we saw Trevor Lawrence. He played, uh, made an amazing escape the sack, made a falling-to-the-ground touchdown throw. 
Do the Jacksonville Jaguars take the next step as championship contenders this year? Ooh. Are you bullish, or is that BS? Championship contenders. They win the playoffs last year, Rod, and won that a playoff game. The, yeah, they... Are they in the mix? They're going to dominate that division. At least conference championship contenders. Yeah, well, that's... Say that. Yeah, oh, that's, well, to say that, that would mean the AFC, you're going to say Jacksonville is going to be as good or better. First of all, take the Chiefs out of their different level altogether. As good, if not better, than Buffalo, Cincinnati... Kansas is in that City. conversation too? Uh, so I was like, Kansas City. No, Kansas City's Take better than everybody. The Take them beat. out because they're they're better than everybody on either side. Doesn't matter. Like they they are the standard. So we take them out of it. But are they going to be as good as Buffalo and Cincinnati, which compete with the Chiefs in that conference? I think so. Well, you think look, you really? Do? I, I actually don't. I love Doug Peterson. They're going to go as far as Trevor Lawrence can take him. Well, and, he and, can, that's the and his thing. upside is. Through the Patrick, roof. Patrick Mahomes level, in my eyes. Well, the yeah, I mean, projection wise, ability. yeah, no, right, you're, you're right. No, projection wise, supposed to be there. He, he's not performing at that level yet, but he had to deal with a lot of inept, uh, franchise organizational ineptitude. Well, right. I mean, the the Urban Meyer disaster <laughs> yeah. was just that. Uh, but Doug Peterson showed great uh, signs in year one. Remember, they they made the playoffs. They went nine and eight. Right, they're in the bad division. But they went 9-8, and eight, and then they beat the Chargers in that great comeback in the playoffs. And then they played the Chiefs. Remember, the Chiefs, the Jaguars are where Patrick Mahomes hurt his ankle. Mm-hmm. And they had to survive that game 27-20 to 20 at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, so the Jaguars, I mean, if you, if you consider they're going to take the next step in a very winnable, winnable division, right? I mean, they're in there with Houston, Indianapolis, and Tennessee. Yep. You know, if they can stockpile wins and maybe get a home playoff game in there, yeah, I think they put themselves in the mix. And I think Ty's right on with the bullish that if Trevor Lawrence, and if you saw the throw he made for a touchdown pass earlier oh, in that man. game where he escaped about six sacks. That's crazy. I mean, gotcha. it's some out of a, a movie, like a, a football movie. Well, right. Well, if Patrick, that, it's like, that's not a real well, if, if, play. If, practice, if Patrick Mahomes did that, the internet would break, right? Twitter would f- shut down because Patrick Mahomes, ma- but Trevor Lawrence made that play. And that's the kind of stuff. If he takes that next step, no one doubts Trevor Lawrence's overall talent. He's a really good player, number one pick, and uh, one of the highest graded quarterbacks coming out of Clemson that we've seen in a long time, right? Since Andrew Luck. Well, yeah, I think Jacksonville can be in that conversation. Are they as good as Kansas City? Well, they were there with them last year, played right with them, and um, they're close. I'm gonna go. I'm I'm BS on that, but I, I could see the bullish on it. I'm going BS though, because I think it's a it's still Cincinnati. In, in Buffalo on a different level than Jacksonville. But we could see. Jacksonville hasn't been tested yet. What if, what to if, me. What if Buffalo but, continues a little regression? That is like true. That could happen. And maybe a team like that Miami uh, you know, moves forward. The Jets with Aaron Rodgers. We'll see. The AFC is just loaded. I man. know, and that's the advantage Jacksonville. It's Their loaded. division's not. But you're They're not, the, yeah, you're not going to have to do that much until you get to the playoffs as long as you can get there. That's true. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with uh, right now, Miami's kind of my team that I'm thinking is going to make the leap. That's my team. I'm kind of bullish on because Vic Fangio adding him and Jalen Ramsey. You know the offense as long as Tua can say upright and he's getting thick. He's putting on some mass and learning. What what, what was it? What did he learn? Oh, jujitsu. There you go. How to fall? Jujitsu. How to fall? Uh-huh. There uh, you go. Uh, the Fall Academy. Bucky's Fall Academy back in the day. Hey, can we uh, get another bullish or BS tie? What else do you have? Uh, well, Cowboys fans, another Cowboys story here. I know, I know y'all love that. Uh, are upset by Demarcus Ware's Pro Hall of Fame display, uh, and it features mostly all Broncos memorabilia. Ooh! He, of course, only played two years with Denver, but won his only Super Bowl. Um, is it bull or are you bullish? Or BS on, on Demarcus Ware? Okay, so here it is, Rod. Look at this picture right here, and I'll retweet this. But uh, you know, it's his. It's his, It's the. 
know, where he was enshrined in Canton, part of that Pro Football Hall of Fame class a couple years ago, and his display in Canton, Ohio, is a DeMarcus Ware number 94 Broncos jersey. Uh, there's no star. There's no helmet. The helmet just says uh, Hall of Fame, and it tells his story. Only two years in Denver, won a Super Bowl there, but, you know, a bulk of his career, and he's still the Cowboys' career sack leader at 117. Should there be more Cowboys representation in that display with DeMarcus Ware? Because mm. it makes it feel like he went in as a Bronco. How much a say does the player have in it? That's, mm. We don't know, right? Does the player get to this, to say what teams are represented that he played for? Uh, I don't know that answer. Mm. I, That's the question. I would think if DeMarcus Ware said, look, I want that to be a Cowboys jersey, they would change it. Because it's at the player's discretion. That's I mean, what I'm saying. That I, I don't know how much player control they have over it. If they do, then well, I know you, in the pro baseball in the Cooperstown, the player picks which hat, player like picks. which hat you want on your. Okay. Uh, so I think Demarcus could get that changed if he wanted. I'm bullish that he should change that to the Cowboys. Yes. He didn't win the Super Bowl with the Cowboys though. Yeah, so, but he's a four-time first-team All-Pro with the Cowboys. He's still there all-time. Maybe he chose of, the Broncos. He's like, I want a Super Bowl there, and that's what matters. Well, Super Bowls. He was a, a, a member of the all-decade team for the 2000s. He, all with the Cowboys, by the way. Yeah, he definitely should. I mean, he's a cow. He's known for being a Cowboy, but he won a Super Bowl with the Broncos. And that's the jersey that hangs in Canton, Ohio. Hey, man. I ain't mad at him. It's your museum. It's your shrine to your best players. Cowboy fans are like, come on, man. <laughs> Look, yeah, y'all ain't got enough accolades, Cowboys fans. Y'all ain't, got, y'all, y'all ain't getting enough love. Y'all he got a lot of Hall of Famers. He did win with Von Miller and that Peyton Manning team uh, that won the Super Bowl. Uh, one more there, T.Y., what do you have for us in uh, Bullish or B.S.? So, um, James Harden, a lot of stuff came out about him this weekend. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers said they weren't going to trade him. Just this morning in, a, in an event in China, Harden uh, was talking with the media, and he said, Daryl Morey is a liar. And I will never be a part of an organization he is a part of. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization he is a part of. So, are you bullish on the fact that he might play for the 76ers this year, or do you think this statement's BS? Oh, man, I'm I'm not bullish that he plays for the 76ers. But at the same time, they're saying, Rod, that they're not getting what they want for him on a trade value market, so then we we need him to play for us. He's not going to trade that again. So James Harden said this? Yeah, this morning. Wow. I, I thought him, I thought they were cool. I thought they were like, like down. Like that, that was, that was the reports were that that's part of the intrigue is that James Harden is a Daryl Morey guy. That's ugly. That's ugly. Yeah, that's ugly. I, I don't know where that's going. Well, Daryl Morey, of course, was his general manager in Houston. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They go way back. So I don't know where that. I didn't well, know I that, can, that I, got I, ugly. Well, and I think those two guys. Well, look, he, he, you know, players control things in the NBA. He's demanded the trade, but kind of like the Damian Lillard thing in Portland, Daryl Morey saying, "I'm not trading him for jump change." Well, the NBA has put out a or memo he's gonna, saying, "Or he's going to play for us." Players cannot demand where they want to go when they get traded. Yeah. They can say, "I want to get traded, and I want to go here." He's like, "Well, we'll trade you, but you can't demand where you want to go." Well, I'm not going <laughs> to trade him for nickels on the dollar, right? I'm not going to. But that doesn't do us any good as a franchise. Just because it's what you want, James. Mm. By the way, the uh, the highlight real touchdown pass for Jacksonville was not Trevor Lawrence. I saw the highlight and thought it was. It was Nathan Rourke. Nathan, Nathan Rourke. Nathan Rourke. Read the highlight reel, but Jack, but Trevor Lawrence still a real good player. <laughs> real good player. He's the franchise quarterback. There you go. <laughs> Says where we'll go into the Ring of Honor before Jimmy Johnson. Can we get Jimmy Johnson in the Ring of Honor, Jerry? Jerry will be dead before Jimmy's in the Ring of Honor. That's a shame. Right? Should've Don't we think so? Long ago. He's, yeah. Yeah. Well, he should have been there by now. Jerry's not doing it. He's not doing it, guys. Get over it.